Welcome back to another episode of the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is Friday, April 7th, and I am Ryan, and it is time for another episode of the Impact Power Hour. Um, so yeah, um, Impact yesterday uh, was a pretty good episode. Uh, furthered some stories. We have most, if not all, of the card for Rebellion basically set in stone at this point, barring any injuries or unforeseen issues. Um, and yeah, um, moving right along on the wrestling calendar, basically. Um, we have uh, a few things for uh, news regarding Impact uh, and Impact Stars and things like that uh, before I get fully into the episode, um, but, um, uh, so first off, uh, Impact announced, um, I guess last week, um, that, uh, Jody Threat had gotten signed, um, so, and tonight was going to be her debut for the show, uh, for Impact, so that's a good get, another, uh, female for the Knockouts division, um, we also had, um, the big announcement, uh, that, um, uh, that, uh, Josh was going to relinquish, his, uh, the world title tonight, so, his, or yesterday, um, so that would officially mark the end of his reign, it is the longest reign, of any Impact World Champion or World Champion in uh, the TNA and Impact uh, realm. Uh, definitely not the way everybody wanted it to end. Uh, but, uh, you know, things happen. Uh, and this was a very unfortunate situation. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens at Rebellion now uh, with the World Championship match that got announced. Uh, a few weeks ago at this point. Um, third, um, we have uh, Rocky Romero of Impact Wrestling, uh, or not Impact Wrestling, New Japan Wrestling. Uh, uh, apparently, um, it, according to Wrestling Observer, is trying to work out a arena show in... Mexico between CMLL, who he's been working with uh, a lot and who New Japan works with a lot, uh, New Japan, AEW, and Impact. Um, so that would be a, a really cool, interesting situation. Don't know how much, uh, how, how likely a show like that would be possible, um, uh, mainly because, you know, AAA and CMLL are the big like rival promotions in Mexico and uh, at least AEW and Impact uh, are have pretty good working relationships um, or at least Impact has a pretty good working relationship currently with um, AAA. It seems like AAA and AEW are working out their possible issues uh, with them allowing uh, El Hijo del Vikingo uh, to appear uh a few times in the last few weeks, uh, for AEW and Ring of Honor, um, so it, it would be d interesting to see if that was a possibility, um, for a show like this to happen, um, in Mexico, I think it would be a, a huge deal, uh, bringing all four of those promotions together for a show like that, um, how realistic is it, I don't, I don't know, um, I think Impact is willing to play along with whoever wants to play with them. I think AEW is in the same boat. Uh, it's mainly just um, would AAA view this as a threat to them, uh, and if they would, uh, you know, counteract Impact and uh, AEW rest doing a show like this, would they, you know, pull talents away from? AEW in the future or Impact in the future, um, but it is something to look forward to if it would were to happen. Um, 
think the other big news wrestling wise is probably all in being announced the second ever all in this time for Wembley Stadium for AEW um if it's anything like the previous all in which was before AEW was fully a thing um there were other promotions that were deeply involved uh in that show um so it'll be very interesting to see if uh other promotions would get involved to try to help sell this show help build the show up um yeah um other than that um uh impact also announced uh their next impact plus or another impact plus show uh which will be against all odds in june uh june 9th and i uh the 10th would be the uh, tapings or TV tapings following it, um, and it will be in Ohio. So basically, we we now know uh, the impact um, schedule uh, all the way through August at this point. Um, we we know that uh, Rebellion, obviously, uh, which is next weekend, uh, is going to be uh, in Toronto. Um, then they're doing TV tapings in Chicago at the end of April, um, going to, for uh, a, um, uh, under siege in May, going which is going to be back up in uh, Canada, um, and then basically uh, a week or two after that uh, is going to be uh, Ohio. We've got. Um, Bound for Glory, uh, or not Bound for Glory, uh, Slammiversary going back to Toronto, uh, going back to Canada, um, in July, uh, so don't know where, uh, August, what August is going to bring yet, uh, where, uh, Emergence, which has been their August show, uh, will be, um, but uh, I, I guess we will see. Uh, and then Bound for Glory has, has already been announced that that will be in Chicago in October. Um, so good stuff. We've Again, uh, still time away, but a, a lot of the calendar panning out well uh, for Impact. And the Canadian market really seems to be uh, at least buying uh, what Impact is selling up there. Uh, they sold out uh, the last show, um, Sacrifice, they sold out the tapings for Sacrifice, they had sold out Rebellion, but increased ticket, uh, uh, capacity, uh, for Rebellion, um, last week, um, or beginning of this week, um, so it'll be interesting to see if they are able to sell out those additional t tickets, as well as, uh, the TV taping, uh, uh, that follows it the night after, um, and then, yeah, uh, will be interesting to see how things shape up, uh, but on to the main show, uh, the show opens basically, um, with a video package highlighting, uh, what's been going on the past few weeks, uh, with Josh, uh, talking about, uh, his injury, talking about how the wrestling world has basically reacted to it. Um, they're still going on with this whole idea that Josh possibly tore his tricep because of the hoverboard lock that Kushida put on him, um, at Battle in the Valley in February, where Josh refused to tap and he, Kushida just held on way after the bell, basically. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think this is an interesting way to go about it. I, I don't know if we'll ever fully know what happened with Josh's uh, tricep. What was the reason uh, that it, it tore? Or when did it tear? How long he'd been wrestling? If he'd been wrestling with it torn for a bit, um, and it finally just gave out. Um, but I think this is a good way that you can play it off. Um, show that you know Kushida is an actual threat. Um, and they play off of this uh, at the end of the night as well. We start off the show 
fully uh, with the, the Mighty Don't Kneel TMDK, represented by Shane Haste and Bad Dude Tito, versus the Motor City Machine Guns, Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley. Um, this was a really hot opener. Uh, I think that TMDK, uh, while they're not the, the flashiest of teams, um, while they're not the biggest names from New Japan to come over, uh, to impact, I think that they've s- succeeded in building themselves up a little bit more, getting people uh, a little bit more into them uh, over the last few weeks. Uh, I think that they have shown that Bad Dude Tito, especially, has has shown that he's a very impressive talent. Um, I think Shane Haste has kind of shown American audiences again. Uh, who are might not have uh, been watching him or remember him too much from his WWE and NXT runs, uh, at least as a solo person, um, what he can fully do again, um, and that he's not just Slapjack, um, that he is a very capable hand. Uh, I thought this was a really good showing of this. Uh, I thought that their match at Sacrifice against... Um, uh, Ace and Bay for the tag titles uh, was a very good match. I thought their match at Multiverse United uh, last week uh, last weekend was a really good match as well. Um, and this continued the streak. Um, the big thing here uh, was commentary talking about you know TMDK. They aren't as established as a full tag team yet um, between. Uh, Shane and Bad Dude Tito. Um, they haven't worked together as long as Chris Saban and Alex Shelley have, which it's very rare that any team has, has worked together almost 20 years. Um, but uh, they just kept on trying to go for tag team, double team maneuvers. Uh, and uh, Chris Saban and Alex Shelley either had it scouted or were able to counter it um, or try to break it up really quickly after the move was hit. Uh, whereas, uh, as always, uh, Motor City Machine Guns are just very fluid with all of their uh, moves, uh, especially their double-team maneuvers, their tag-team uh, moves, uh, where it just feels very fluid, very quick, very fast-paced, um, one right into the other, uh, and they just feel like they're on the same wavelength at all times. Uh, and this w- really is what led to the finish of this match. Um, Mighty Don't Neal tried to do a tag team maneuver uh, where Shane was uh, taking care of Chris Sabin, um, holding him down in place for Bad Dude Tito, but Bad Dude Tito gets to the top rope. Alex Shelley knocks him off immediately uh, to the floor, uh, which Shane then tries to get, realizes, hey, you know, my partner's not going to be able to hit this move, so let me try to handle the bo- uh, both guys at the same time by myself. Uh, this just didn't work out for him, and the Motor City Machine Guns pick up the win. Um, again, I thought this was a really good match. I thought this was a really great opening contest, uh, and it started the night off hot. Um, afterwards, the Motor City Machine Guns go backstage and uh, confront uh uh, Ace Austin and Chris Bay, uh, they announced that they are going to uh, enact their rematch clause, uh, finally, uh, for Rebellion, uh, and they said that they don't want a normal match, they are going to, they or they want an Ultimate X tag team match. Uh, Chris say, or Ace Austin and Chris Bay say that's fine, but you have to, you know, get management to accept that. Um, but they were not going to back down from this challenge or an opportunity. Uh, and so it would be later shown that this is official, uh, that Ultimate X is returning and it is going to be uh, a tag Ultimate X. So it should be fun, um, should be uh, unique, uh, and it'll be interesting to see who walks out of, uh, the, um, out of Rebellion as the champs. Um, Following this, we see uh, Kane King backstage in the locker room, uh, and Eddie comes over to him, 
uh, asking, hey, you know, uh, we've been like family the last few weeks. It's been good to get back together again. Uh, hopefully you're going to come out with me for my match against PCO and make sure that we handle business and put PCO down finally. Uh, Kenny says, nope, absolutely not. He's not going to do this. Uh, he says that he took the initiative. Uh, he listened to Eddie uh, and said that he'd be willing to help uh, in the fight against PCO. Uh, and at sacrifice, he faced PCO, but Eddie was nowhere to be seen. He didn't help him. He didn't even give support for him uh, during or after the match. Um, and he feels like he's just been used. And he says, you know, you can focus, go get somebody else, go get whoever drove you out into the desert and hit uh, PCO with the, the car uh, to help you because he's done with this. He's, he's looking out for himself now, uh, and he knows how to put uh, his name back in everybody's mouths uh, and minds once again uh, in a different and bigger way. Um, after this, uh, Scott is backstage and a member of the Impact staff comes to him uh, and says that Josh and his family are, have arrived at the building. Uh, and he's, Scott says, okay, thanks for letting me know. Tell, put, show them to their area uh, and we can get things rolling for that. Uh, Tommy Dreamer shows up and says, hey, you know, last week I, I made that offer to you to be part of my team for the Hardcore War against Team Bully. Uh, and I mean that it wasn't just a joke. Yeah, I seriously want you to be part of my team. Um, Scott says that basically, you know, he's done with all this. He he doesn't want to be a part of the team. He, he's his wrestling days are past him. It was good to get back into the ring and and kind of show off that he's back. But he he's he's done with all that. He once every he tells Tommy, you know, I've sacrificed a lot for you over the years. Uh, you know, I've done so much uh, over the years to be part of your uh, your life, uh, the big moments, but, you know, you're, you're going to have to find somebody else for this. Um, after, uh, after this, we go into Speedball, Mike Bailey versus Jonathan Gresham 3. Uh, the winner of this match has been announced will be facing Trey Miguel for the X Division Championship at Rebellion. Um, Trey is at ringside on commentary, um, and basically, uh, he's talking about, you know, what he's done over the past few months as champion. He's the first ever X Division champion to have a Monsters Ball match. Uh, he's also the first X Division champion to retain his mat his title in a Monsters Ball match. Uh, he... At Multiverse United, beat five other competitors uh, to retain his championship uh, from all different companies. Uh, and he says that, you know, one person is easy to face uh, in a match uh, since he's been able to beat five in one night. Uh, so he's not worried about who out of Jonathan Gresham and Mike Bailey he is going to have to face. Um, I thought this was... A pretty good match. Um, I don't think it was as good as their previous encounter at Sacrifice. I think it was a little bit better than their match, um, their 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 first match together. Um, but I think the big thing coming out of this match was, uh, you know, who's going to be the number one contender? Um, we see Gresham hit a. Uh, some some sort of like springboard moonsault into uh, speedball midway through this match, or at least we think it's midway through this match. Um, the guys start brawling. Uh, they're tangled up together. They roll out of the ring, uh, and they just are laying on on the ape or not on the apron, but on the ground. Uh, Trey gets very upset with them being on the outside. Uh, and gets in both of their faces. Uh, Gresham kind of like huffs at, at Trey. Uh, and both guys get back into the ring. But as they get back into the ring, Trey throws his uh, microphone off him uh, and headset, uh, gets onto the top rope, and 
hits both of the men um, as they're in the middle of the ring to cause a no contest to which he he celebrates that he's not going to have to face anybody at Rebellion now. Um, This is weird, uh, and my reason for this being weird is the last few months, or at least the last month or so, we've had Trey talking about how management doesn't care about the X Division anymore. Um, They're not giving him fair shots. They're not giving him challengers, and he wants challengers. He wants to make the X Division great. Um because he thinks that he's the best champion, and if he's having good matches, if he's retaining his championship, then the X Division is growing, and it's it's becoming much uh, a bigger deal, all while he's being a heel. Now it's, you know, he, he, he might get a challenger, and instead he tries to get rid of both challengers at once. Uh, it's kind of a bit of a deviation from what we've been seeing from Trey, or in hearing from Trey, and even what we were hearing on commentary about how, you know, he, he wants the best of the best to challenge him, and he's got the best of the best here in the ring, and he tries to get rid of both of them. Um, just weird. Um, we go backstage again after this, uh, and we've got the design on their stairway, uh, talking to Sammy about, you know, how uh, Diener was surprised that Sammy even wanted to join the the design at first. Um, And he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to handle the steps of becoming a member of the design, which, again, I've criticized thoroughly that this does not make sense. Um, That, you know, it's been established that Khan and and Angels just kind of joined because they got beaten up uh, once. Um... And Diener just picked them out to join the group. Now it's, you know, totally different. Now it's, hey, a new person wants to join. You've got to go through these seven steps that we don't really explain well. Uh, We're not going to explain them to you before you do them. We're going to explain them after they happen. Uh, Or we're just not going to explain them at all. And you have to assume what they're going to be. Um, And that's what happens with the seven step uh, Angel sa- says that he doesn't believe that Sammy's been true to at all during these steps, that he, he hasn't done any of them properly, that this is all ploy, that he wants to break up the design. Um, Sammy says it's not true, and Diener basically says, you know what, the, the last step is you have to destroy all authority figures in your life. Sammy asks, how am I supposed to do that? Who's authority in my life? And Diener basically says, you know what, figure it out on your own. You've got it. We're not going to tell you who's an authority figure. You have to figure that out for yourself. Um, the, I, I, I've been, I feel like me, Angelo, and Pat, when we're all on these podcasts, uh, we, we all talk about how we are just tired of the design. It has not panned out well since, uh, since Eric Young left. Uh, I think it's it's been that way because of the ta- the the people that they've tasked to be a part of this group are just not people that you're going to treat as threats. Uh, it's been very confusing this this whole arc of the design and Callahan and if Callahan is just using the design to so that he can destroy them once he becomes a member, I think it's silly. It's been very just convoluted uh the fact that angels and Khan don't trust uh uh callahan and angels goes as far as saying basically saying you know uh none of this happened like callahan's failed all the challenges if that was the case wouldn't they have stopped the challenges already like it's just silly it's painful it doesn't make sense and it's it's just so long and so tiresome at this point. But it doesn't end. Um, after this, uh, Speedball and Jonathan Gresham are with Santino arguing that they both should be, or e- each one of them should be the new number one contender because, 
you know, Trey hit him first or Trey didn't hit him. Uh, Trey comes over, gets in their faces and says, I'm the anti-Oprah Winfrey. You don't get a title match. You don't get a title match. Ha ha ha. You get it because she gives you gifts and I take them away. Um, did not need him to explain this. Um, I thought the line was good, but then him going further with it just made it worse. Uh, Dango shows up for some reason. Uh, Santino finally says, you know what? I've had enough. Uh, Trey, you thought you were getting, uh, the better here. You thought you were going to outsmart us, but actually it's just worked out against you because now instead of one challenger, you have two challengers. Trey says, okay, that's easy. I just beat five other people. Um, and Trey, Santino says, yes. And that is why this is going to be a different type of match. It is an elimination match. Uh, so you have to beat both of them, but before you can beat both of them, you have to beat one at a time, uh, to be able to stay as champ, but they can eliminate you first, uh, and you won't be the final person to defend. Uh, so makes it interesting. Uh, Santino walks away. Dango then just says, hey, if anybody, any of you guys need help or advice about three ways, I've been in a lot of three ways in my life. Trey leaves. Uh, this was just a way for Dango to work in his we, uh, let's get weird uh, catchphrase. Um, and then he talks to Mike Bailey saying, hey, you know, I've been going to the gym a lot, been working on the jitsu uh let me go. I got to go talk to Santino. I don't know where that was heading. I don't get where it was. He- I, I understand that Mike Bailey is a, a a martial artist. This was just very strange. Dango being in this made no sense. Um, bizarre. Um, this would lead to um, Jody Threat's debut against Terra Rising. Uh, I think this is probably the first time I've ever seen a debut match where the crowd is so much more into um, the jobber or the the enhancement talent uh, than the person who has signed or is debuting. and I don't think it was like we don't like Jody Threat. It was more we just know who Tara Rising is, and we're all I, she's probably the hometown person. We're just gonna cheer her the entire match. Um, there were there were Jody Threat chants as well, but and cheers for. Her, but there were a lot more for Tara Rising. Uh, I thought this was a good match. I thought this was an evenly contested match, um, which was odd. Um, but Jody took takes home the win. Um, I like her finishing move. It's very interesting that uh, you know she's using a similar move to the F five. Uh, it is the F four one six, I think. It's whatever the area code of Toronto is, um, which uh, I believe is. Uh, yeah, is 416. Look at that. I'm smart. Uh, and remember things. Um, anyway, uh, during this match, though, and what took me away from this match was they go to picture-in-picture because Santino has been found laid out backstage. Um, and they just have a camera crew looking at Santino for a good minute or so, and that is what's on the main portion of the screen while the the actual wrestling is on the side the smaller screen I I wasn't a fan of that um this could have been just a backstage segment after the words um but yeah um after this um we go backstage and Santino is now conscious he's not being treated by anybody and instead Dango and uh Scott are with him, and uh, Scott asks Santino if he knows who did this. Dango immediately just says, oh, it was the design. Uh, The design put a hit out on Santino, uh, and now because Santino's been hurt, 
I as the new as the assistant dictator of authority uh, uh, now have to step into power. Uh, Scott says nobody ever made you that. It's the director of authority, and you were never the assistant to it. Uh, and I'm the president of Impact, so I'm still above both of you guys. Uh, and Dango says, you know, I, I I'll fight the design on, by myself. And Scott says, you know, that's that's silly. There's four of them. There's one of you. That does those are awful odds. And so Dango's like, oh, my best friend Joe Hendry will join my team. Uh, and Scott's like, okay, that's still two against four. The odds are still not on your favor. Uh, Santino then says that, you know, he's he's questioned himself a lot if he could still do this. Uh, and he wants to sh- prove to his son, who is going to be at ringside at Rebellion, uh, that he can do it. Uh, and that he, he, he that his son can do anything he he puts his mind to as well, and so I'm gonna get back into the ring, and yeah, uh, it is now so apparently Santino who hasn't wrestled a, uh, a televised match in nine years, as commentary said, uh, is an equal to two people because now Scott says you know what I I can make this match now. Um, <laughs> This is silly. I don't need it. Ah, why is Joe Hendry thrown in here? Um, I don't get it. Um, yeah. Uh, after this, Tasha looks like she's gonna get interviewed interviewed by Gia Miller. Um, but Giselle, Savannah, and Jay Vidal uh, show up to confront her. Giselle asks why she's poking around in her business again. Uh, and Tasha basically says, I'm not poking in your business. I just wanted to get rid of the person who I dumped already in Savannah and put all of the crumbs and the trash all together and sweep it away. Um, Tasha then challenges Giselle to a match next week and says that Giselle can bring as many people as she wants to. Uh, at ringside, because she's going to take care of them all. Um, cool. Um, I thought this was going to be like a pay-per-view or a pre-show match. Um, it's not. It seems like it's going to be just this week. And yeah. Um, after this, uh, we get Bully Ray and the Good Hands versus Tommy Dreamer, Yuya Yamura, and... Uh, hockey legend, Darren McCarty. Um, this is going, I don't know how I feel about this. Because, on one hand, I just want Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray to go away. This is an awful feud. On the other hand, this was probably the best match that they've had all together. That the Dreamer and uh, and Bully have had against each other as part of this feud. Um, but it's still going, and that's what the biggest issue is: is that there's no end in sight for this feud. Um. They keep saying, like, oh, this is going to be the end. This is going to be the end. We need... And then they they have their match. The, that first... The busted open match, which was atrocious. Um, and then uh, Tommy cuts this promo. Oh, this is going to be longer. It's it, we're, You've drawn out a, a whole war now because of this. And I was like, oh, just, just get this over with. But, like... Obviously, it meant that they were referring to this hardcore war, which if you you haven't seen a hardcore war match in Impact, it's similar rules to a war games match where each team consists of five people. Uh, Each person, each team starts with one person in the ring. Every few minutes, a new person comes. The match can't fully get started until everybody's in the ring. Um, 
but there's no cage, there's no two rings, it's just one ring. Um, so hopefully it ends with this, but I highly doubt it, just because I feel like they're going to try to do one more blow-off match just between the two of them. Um, I don't know. But we get the most of the teams for this match at the end of this match. Uh, Darren McCarty actually looked pretty good in ring for his limited time that he was in it. Uh, he does come in for the hot tag. Uh, he hits a pretty good Luthez press. It looked unorthodox, but it was a good one. Nonetheless, his punches looked strong and did not look like they were worked punches. Um, he also then throws Jason Hotch over the ring, and it, over the, the ropes, and it looked like it wasn't going to be much, but Jason Hotch made the most of it and just took flight off of this. Um, uh, he ends up picking up the win on John Schuyler with a stunner. Uh, and as the baby faces celebrate, Bully distracts them with a chair. Kenny King comes in and takes them out. Uh, but Frankie Kazarian comes in to make the save. Then Masha Slamovich comes in to help the heels. And then Killer Kelly comes in to help the baby faces. Uh, and it has been announced that the five people on Team Bully are Bully Ray, The Good Hands, Kenny King and Masha Slamovich, the four of the five people for Team Dreamer have been named. It is Dreamer, it is Killer Kelly, it is Yuya Yamora, and it is Frankie Kazarian. So the fifth member is unknown. Um, he, Tommy wants Scott. I don't think it's going to be Scott. I think it could be Bupinder. It could be Darren McCarty again. It could be some random person. I don't know yet. Um, there's, I if, if if there wasn't already Joe Hendry and Dango and Santino versus uh, the design, I would have said one of them would probably be this missing person. It could be Bupinder. Um, or it could just be somebody completely random for a one-off. Or it could be, it could just be Scott. I I honestly don't don't know who fits this billing as this fifth person. Um, yeah. Um, after this, uh, we get uh, uh another video package of Josh's title reign. We follow this up with a uh, uh, little um, slideshow of Jordan Grace's bodybuilding competition in which she won two uh, groups, they said, or two two sections. Um, so congrats to her. Um, we get a Deanna Perrazzo promo and highlights from uh, Multiverse United and how she is now in the title uh, picture. Uh, Deanna says that it's been a wild 18 months, basically, uh, she, at this point, didn't know what was next for her um, in Impact. Uh, she had such a strong reign for a while, and now uh, it seemed like everything was going away. Uh, she, she's done, her best friend has left. Uh, they lost the tag titles. Uh, she just felt like she was in, in limbo. Uh, but now she feels like it's very similar to how she first came to Impact she has a blank canvas in front of her, uh, and she is going to work to make that blank canvas the strongest age of the virtuosa as possible, um, and also try to make the knockouts division stronger. Uh, she says that there's, she she's okay with whatever outcome happens, uh, whether it's going to be her versus Jordan or her versus Jordan and Mickey. She says that it's very interesting. Uh, the dynamics here because if it's just a one-on-one -on -one match she's never lost a Jordan uh, whereas if it's a three uh, one or a triple threat um, she's beaten Jordan but she's never beaten Mickey uh, so uh, it'll be interesting to see if she can change that uh, come uh, rebellion um, after this uh, we, uh, get to Eddie Edwards versus PCO. This is strange because, uh, as me and Angelo have said on the podcast before, and 
I think we talked about it uh, on the last podcast um, following Sacrifice, that uh, it feels very odd that they announced this as a TV match. Um, it, like, it couldn't end the feud here because, you know, it's it. this is the, at this point, longest feud other than probably... Um, like, longest non-stop feud, uh, since, I don't know, Mercy Machine Guns and Ace and Bay has, has been a while, but that's just because there's not a ton of tag teams, um, and they do a lot of multi-team, uh, matches in Impact, um, and Jordan and Mickey has been kind of long at this point, um, but... Jordan just hasn't been on screen as much. Mickey hasn't been on screen all the time. Uh, Mickey has been caught up in the Bully Ray and Dreamer feud randomly. Um, so uh, this has just been the one that's been so drawn out at this point. Um, and, and probably with the deepest story that I was like, this can't just end on a random TV taping. Um, this was a really fun match. Um, PCO... Does a Hurricane Rana off the top rope very early on in this match. Uh, just to be like, you know what? We are going full. PCO does not care about his safety and health. Uh, we are just going to do crazy spots in this match for PCO. As always, um, they go to the top rope again, both of them. So that uh, Eddie uh, can uh, hit, I think, a power bomb off the top rope. Um, then, uh, Eddie gets knocked out of the ring at one point, uh, and PCO goes for, uh, a suicide dive, but he, he tries to add extra umph to it by <laughs> launching himself off of one set of ropes into another set of ropes, changing direction, and then diving at Eddie. Um, uh, that was towards the end of this match. He also, we also have a, uh, a choke slam in the middle of the ring, um, teased, uh, uh, we also got a, uh, deanimator, uh, I believe is what they call it, um, uh, <laughs> on the apron, um, which always looks great, uh, yet extremely painful for everybody, uh, and then as PCO goes to try to finish this match off, he goes, he's calling for the PCO salt, he gets up to the top rope, out comes Alicia Edwards to plead with PCO not to to hurt Eddie anymore and to just stop the match. Um, PCO asks the crowd what he should do, uh, and Alicia just grabs a kendo stick uh, and whacks uh, PCO in the head. And you might be wondering why is any of this okay? Well, PCO goes and. Tries to charge at Eddie in a corner right before this. Uh, Eddie grabs the ref and just throws him at uh, at PCO, who nails him, knocks him down. Uh, PCO doesn't care. He just attacks Eddie some more, setting up this. Uh, and Eddie comes back, takes uh, PCO down off the top, uh, and hits the... Boston knee party, the ref wakes up, one, two, three, Eddie has won, uh, and then commentary, er, Eddie and Alicia start making out and just standing over PCO's body, PCO just starts shaking and sits back up finally after like three or four tries, uh, commentary talks about how they've never seen anybody get up from the Boston knee party like that, um, and my my thing is, uh, Boston Knee Party hasn't been Eddie's finisher since he's gone heel. Um, it's been the diehard driver. Uh, so, PCO sitting up like this, not surprising, because people have been kicking out of the Boston Knee Party for the past year, basically. Um, so, yeah, weird. Uh, PCO then chases Eddie and Alicia out of the arena, chases them to their car, Tries to grab their car, but they leave. Uh, and we also got the uh, the the PCO screaming Eddie's name over and over again, which is always great. I'm sad Angelo's not here, so he can't scream it for you. Um, but yeah, 
Um, after this, uh, we go to our main event. That was our main event match, but our main event is uh, Josh relinquishing the title. Um, in the ring to start is uh, Sc- uh, Scott, Steve Macklin, and Kushida. Um, jo- uh, Scott brings out Josh uh, one last time as champion. Uh, Scott has his wife and his son, Jet. Um, and Josh in a sling, all wrapped up his arm from surgery. Um, cuts a promo basically talking about, you know, uh, the big thing in wrestling is opportunities. Uh, a lot of people don't get the opportunity that he has gotten with Impact. Um, there's a lot of people who either end their careers, um, a lot quicker because they don't get, they don't feel like they're going to get that opportunity or because injuries have racked up. Uh, but he fought through his injuries for so long. Uh, he spent 14 years going through the Indies in Canada, uh, before jo- uh, Scott came to him and gave him an impact contract four years ago. Um, and without that moment, he doesn't know if he would have continued as long as he did. But once that opportunity presented itself to him, he jumped at that opportunity. He didn't know where it was going to lead. He didn't think it. He didn't know if it was going to lead to a world championship run like he had. But he knew that if he didn't take that opportunity, he'd never know if he could do it. Um, and yeah, um, we get the thank you, Josh, chance, all that. Um, he goes to. Uh, he talks about you know how he's he's really excited for this matchup uh, between Kushida and uh, and uh, Macklin. He said that he's been eyeing up uh, facing Macklin for years uh, or since Macklin first showed up in Impact, um, and he really wanted to be able to prove that he could beat Macklin, especially over the last few weeks uh, since the match had been made, um, but. Uh, that he will come back and face whoever uh, is the champion uh, and get his title back. Uh, And he goes to hand the title over, uh, but Jet, his son, uh, runs uh, away from his mom and grabs the title from Josh, uh, which I thought was a a really, you could tell that, uh, I don't know if it was planned, I don't think you can really plan things with kids, especially kids that young like this. Um, but the crowd really like was emotional with this. Uh, uh, and you could tell Scott was very emotional during this whole thing. Uh, and, uh, so same with Josh and his wife. Um, but it was a really touching moment. Uh, Josh does hand over the title, uh, before Macklin cuts a scathing promo against Josh, uh, the, he claims that Josh knew he was, or was scared to face Macklin. Uh, he, he wasn't scared to face anybody else with this injury, but once Macklin's in, in the, uh, in his sights, uh, he has, he has to go get surgery now. Uh, he ha- he can't continue as champ. Uh, so he thinks Scott should just give him the title now, uh, and him and Kushida can fight, uh, with Kushida trying to take the title from Macklin instead, Scott cuts a promo, or basically cuts back saying, you know, if you, you, you're really going after the, the fight, the most fighting champion we've ever had in Impact history, uh, the guy who lays out open challenges whenever he can, who faces all competitors, and you had multiple opportunities to take open challenges, but you decided against it because you wanted to watch instead, uh, and two weeks ago, you were out here, and Josh asked you directly to fight him, and you said no. Uh, so who's really the coward? Uh, he says that he's supposed to be unbiased, but he really hopes uh, that Kushida is the one to take the title because he doesn't think Macklin deserves it because he's a coward. Uh, Scott, or not Scott, Steve and Kushida go eye to eye. Macklin, uh and uh, Scott also brings up that a few weeks ago, uh, when they were at, at Sacrifice, uh, 
Kushida put the hoverboard lock on Macklin, and Macklin immediately taps. So, how what's he think? How how is he gonna complain about Josh being a coward and not tapping uh, to Kushida? And this is where the this story arc about this this damn move comes back into play, and it's Macklin saying, you know, the reason I tapped is because there's no reason for me not to. Uh, I wasn't, there was no prize on the line. I didn't care about my team. I was put in this. The team doesn't trust me. They don't like me. Uh, and I know I have a world title match coming up. So why would I keep fighting off a move that so I know is dangerous? And instead, just once I, it was on, I tapped, I preserved myself. I'm still 100% whilst, because Josh was so much of a, I need to fight everything and show I'm so strong, uh, injured himself because he, in a match that meant absolutely nothing for him. Um, uh, Kushida and uh, Macklin brawl for a bit. Uh, Macklin gets put in the hoverboard lock. He gets out of it, grabs the title, and tries to leave. Kushida jumps out of the ring, hits Macklin, lays him out, uh, and yeah, that's how the show ends. Uh, overall, I thought this was a really fun show. Uh, I, again, I said it's really uh, built up the uh, the Rebellion card pretty strong. Uh, we've got most of the card, if not all of it at this point. Uh, I'm assuming there's going to be uh, some pre-show matches to, to be added. Um, but yeah, um, good stuff. Uh, next week, uh, we have uh, a few matches announced already. Uh, we've got Tasha Steeles versus Giselle Shaw. Uh, we've got Dango and Kaz, or, or uh, not Dango and Kaz, uh, Dango and uh, Joe Hendry versus Callahan and Angels. We have Kenny King versus Frankie Kazarian, uh, and the winner of that match will have the advantage in the Hardcore War. And we have, uh, have uh, Jessica versus Taylor Wilde. Um, and we also will have the final announcement on if Mickey will fight at Rebellion or if it will be Deanna versus Jordan for the vacant championship. Um, so yeah, um, overall, I thought this was a good show. Um, and if you guys watched it or been following along with Impact, make sure you guys can leave a comment uh, on our YouTube at Deep Six, the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast, uh, where this will be hanging out uh, since we post on there. Uh, leave a review or a rating or whatever on any of the podcast platforms if you listen to it on there, or you could uh, talk to it, uh, leave a reply or comment on Twitter at Deep Six Wrestling, uh, where we post our links. Uh, continue the conversation about this. Uh, and let us know if you guys are excited for Rebellion, uh, what you guys think, if you guys have an idea on who the mystery person is going to be for Team Dreamer. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, for the Go Home Show for uh, Rebellion and then most likely another podcast after Rebellion or on m the Monday after Rebellion. Uh, but thank you guys so much. Uh, stay safe, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.